Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here. Welcome to the Daily Evolver and This Week in the News. This week, Encore Delight and I take a look at the culture war and some exciting new lessons Encore has learned about mediation. Talking about a like a long-term training, right, Encore, that you did with Ken Cloak yeah. on, on mediation that, you know, we both agree takes us into the future. And so here's our conversation. Ken Cloak, he's a mediator. You know, he spent mm -hmm. his entire career in mediation. And, and mediation is this fascinating corner of the world where it seems like it's a boring dispute resolution process. And like, oh, it's interesting because lawyers are so expensive and lame and like, here's a way to avoid lawyers. But at its core, the, this is the teaching of Ken Cloak, which seems like it's like a boring administrative legal thing. But at the, at the you know, below it, it's actually just like pure spirituality is that in order to progress as a species, we have to move beyond the ways that we've resolved conflicts before. And so the, the two ways that he sees that we've resolve conflicts is one is through power and the other is through rights and so he has this classic um example of like if we're all in a meeting we're hanging out and there's an air conditioner unit on and we have to decide actually whether we want it on or off and some people are cold some people are hot like the the easiest way to do it would be to have a leader in the room who's like it's like maybe it's me i'm, I'm giving this this workshop i'm giving this retreat and i'm like yeah the air conditioner is on and then it's like, well, the leader said it's on, so it's on. And as long as my authority holds, then it's just on. And we don't have to talk about it anymore. We've resolved the conflict at a certain level. <laughs> and this, the analog in the political sphere is dictatorship. It's like one person, or, you know, in the corporate, that's just how corporate things work. The CEO makes a decision, boom, it happens, right? All right. At some point, you know, obviously we all know there's weaknesses to that approach, Um the balance of power, power is fragile. Maybe like someone wants to depose me or there's a revolt in my in my retreat. They're like, no, we can't handle this. We're like leaving your retreat. We want our money back, you know, or whatever it is. So the next, the next approach is a rights-based approach, which is like if I were a little more enlightened and less dictatorial, I would be like, oh, so I see some people are cold. We should probably just have a vote as to whether we're going to have this air conditioner on or off. And we have a vote. And then it's like the majority wins. And that way, like most of the people, you know, most people are going to be happy. In the in the dictatorship, you know that at least one person is going to be happy. Um, in the in the rights-based approach, you know that 51% of people are going to be happy. <laughs> but as Gandhi would always always say, he's like, I he's like, I don't see a system where 49% of people can be unhappy as a good system. You know, Gandhi was like really skeptical about this. And so Ken Plok is in that in that tradition, I think. He's like, the rights-based approach is great. It's better than dictatorial approach. You know, and that's what we have currently politically from this democratic system. But it really leaves a lot to be desired. And especially when there's people who consistently are not on the winning side, then they're going to lose confidence in the system, which now we're seeing, right? Like all over the U.S., there's like, on the right and the left, there's all these people that are just like, system is broken. I'm, what, are, what do they say? Um, it's rigged. You know, there's a, this kind of vocabulary of like, it's not, it's, it was never fair to begin with because I keep losing. And so he's like, okay, 
what's the next level? It's like in the room, the next level is what he calls the interest-based approach. So we've gone from power to rights to interest. And this is where mediation is. Because me mediation is like, no one's forcing anybody to come to agreement. Like there's no, ar you know, there's no like arbitrator or there's no judge saying you have to do it. The agreement is only going to hold if it's actually in people's interest, if they see it's in their interest, right? And so the interest-based approach is like, hey, why do you want that air conditioner on? Are you, are you hot? Are you stuffy? Um, are you, is that part of the room like more drafty? You know, like what's, what's going on and what are creative solutions we can do to meet everyone's need? So in the air conditioning example, he was like, what if all the people who are hot take off their coats and give it to the people who are cold? Or what if we open the windows on a certain side of things? Or what if people change their position in the room so the cold people are far away from the air conditioning or, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And so it, it, it just like blows the problem from one dimension to multidimensional and allows us, it's not like there's always going to be a resolution, but it allows people to think in terms of out of the zero sum game and what are the actual resolutions possible. And so, and then, he, you know, so he has this 40 hour training that we do that's super deep and he gets into like what forgiveness really is and what apologies really are and what do we need to know our own interests and the self-reflection and what do people, what do we need to be able to role play the interests of the other person and all this like really deep stuff. And at the very end, he gives us his presentation on power and rights and interests, which he's given us before. And he's like, so, you know, this is an 83 year old guy. He's like, so now the next step, which I won't be doing, you know, the next step, which you all would be doing is figuring out how to make this interest-based approach scale to the level of a 300 million person nation state. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the question, but it, it's also uh, useful for the, you know, our individual lives and small groups and all of that, you know, as we sort of work our way forward, but yeah, we're going to have a system that is different in the future, you know? And, and, and if you look at um, the three systems he's talking about, they do come on sequentially. Um, the first one is dictatorial. That's true of human history. It's also true of raising a child in a certain way. Oh, yeah. And then it's, um, you know, rights, and those come on in some ways gradually, and then all at once. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's kind of where we are. And I think we're also, and even if I think of um, uh, us nationally, aren't we sort of working our interests as well? I mean, at this point, it's just, it's basically the, well, what I'm seeing in terms of the trajectory of progress here is just more complexity is taken into account, you know, to solve the problem or to move forward. And, um, and I think we're doing that, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for, it seems to me like our our legal system is this rights-based approach. Yeah. Right. But the the presence of mediation and the fact that so many legal cases are now being taken outside of the legal system and going to mediation, whether it's like victim offender mediation or, you know, in these like corporate cases or whatever, they're realizing that like, hey, I mean, it's all like money, right? They're realizing that it's cheaper in terms of resources and time to solve this in a way that actually appeals to people's interests. 
And I, I think part of that is because the legal system is so complicated. This is just my my sense that in a clear balance of power, I could take you to court. And if I knew I was going to win, I wouldn't really care about your interests. But if the legal system is so complicated and I don't know where I am in the balance of power or my contract was so shittily written that it's like, well, maybe you're going to win. Maybe I'm going to win. I don't want to roll the dice. Then I'm going to be like, okay, is there actually a sustainable solution that takes your interest and my interest into account? Because it's 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 like kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, it's, it's the same with like raising a kid. You know, I'm only going to give my kid rights, you know, if I'm in a busy life, when I have to. Like I'm going <laughs> to use authority. No, really, really. Like if I can be like, dude, go to bed. Yeah. It's way easier for me to be like, bedtime's eight o'clock, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm only going to get into this rights conversation when I can no longer ex exert my authority just through yes. force. Yes. Welcome to human evolution. Yeah. Right. Isn't that and, something? And, so yeah. I think that's where this interest-based approach comes along is like, okay, the rights-based approach is just, it's just so complicated. Like all these discussions, yeah. you know, about, you know, Isaiah Berlin, the two kinds of liberty and what I, what I have the freedom to do, what I need to be free from these things. They're very intricate. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's almost like, I mean, all these Supreme Court cases that might go one way or might be another. And like the gay marriage is thing struck down on this thing that has actually nothing to do with gay marriage and the abortion yes. thing, the state's rights. And it's like, it's I like know. all right, maybe it's just so complicated that we can't bet on it anymore. And we have to actually care what the other person wants. Maybe so. Yeah. Systems tend to do that. They just out, outfox themselves. You know, they just get too weighty and a new simplicity wants to emerge. And that's what's interesting to me about the uh, interest approach is what some of the techniques of that. You talked about forgiveness, apologies. I mean, what's what's wanting to evolve in our consciousness that makes this possible? So at the, um, I think at the deepest level, there's two things that immediately come to mind for me. One is a willingness to humanize the other person. Yeah. To like understand that they exist. They have an interior. No. Yeah. I have an interior. You have an interior. These interiors matter. Now that's that's coming online. And the other is, and this is the role of the mediator, the other is a kind of emotional literacy. Like that realizes that as long as I am triggered and I have this swirl of sensations and emotions about the conflict that we have and the way that you hurt me, I'm not going to be able to think creatively. And so the mediator's role is to be able to like role play both sides and, and help people feel seen and yes. heard and acknowledged and kind of diffuse their emotional bomb thing. So then they can be like, all right, now that we've like addressed that level, which is really important, now you can have access to your creative problem solving and be like, how do you actually want to timeshare your time with the kids? You know, yeah. why is it so magical that being seen changes <laughs> the whole thing? I mean, really? Yeah. 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 You know, from, from a developmental perspective, you were always increasing this circle of things that we can include and, and people that we can take seriously and assign moral worth and, you know, take their interiority into account and that sort of thing. And I think it just, it, 
it creates a we space. I mean, it's like I'm I'm here now. I I know that you know I'm here. Uh, I know that you're here, and together that is. It's not just two people. It's a new thing. It's a we space. It's it's uh, you know it's it's a a thing made up of two people, and it has its own um, ontology in a way. And being seen is the portal. It's the access point. You can't get there without it. It may be something like that, you know. But it's very, very powerful. And um, and just in as a back pocket way of living, just in everyday life, that with the people that you're running into or the people that you're judging on the television, <laughs> to actually do what you can as a practice to see the world through their eyes and feel the world through their hearts and you know, do what you can. I mean, it's, you're never going to get that right. Practice is, I love this, practice is a thing we do not to be successful, but to be faithful. Isn't that nice? So yeah, so that, you know, and, and that just, and I don't know, I may have quoted this with you before, but it's just one of my favorite lines of poetry from a young gay poet um, no, probably not so young anymore, Cyrus Casals. And he wrote a book called Beautiful Senor about his nights uh, with his lover in Marrakesh. So it's very romantic. And they're in this second floor hotel room and the windows are open and the curtains are blowing. And he talks about it and and writes the beautiful poem, Beautiful Senor. And the the end of it is this, he says, all night long, this lover's engine this Pegasus, seeing and being seen, seeing and being seen. That's something. Yeah. 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 No, you're so right, Jeff. It's just, it's just magical. It's like there's this fundamental need or hole or something that it just it just fills and transforms everything. Yeah. 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 So we should do that more. Yeah. You know, you know, just a little a little story about that. The other day I was in the kitchen with my wife and I heard her say she was talking. You know, she I, I you know when <laughs> you're with your partner and they're just talking and you're just not paying attention. And I think she was talking to somebody else. Maybe she was a recording a voice memo on her phone or and it wasn't really meant for me you know she, so it was okay that i wasn't paying attention i was doing the dishes right. and then i heard her say i i saw that thing you did and i really liked it and i snapped around like with this totally unconscious i snapped around at the hope she was talking to me i was like somebody liked the thing i did oh. and she wasn't she was just still in her other conversation but i was like whoa oh. i i really want to be seen right now <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. And, you know, when we think about the evolution of consciousness, the evolution of culture, and that the world of our children is going to be as different from ours as ours is from our parents and grandparents. I mean, there's the new thing that's going to come on here. And a big part of it is just what we're talking about, where we see people in a higher resolution. It's almost like the Google map. 
you know, instead of seeing you as black person, white person, man, woman, from the rural, from the from the, from the, the educated, whatever, um, uh, sort of filters we have to put over in order to function in this world. I mean, I'm not arguing that they're not evolutionarily appropriate in their time, but we want to raise the resolution. You know, we want to click the plus sign and see deeper, see more. Yeah. And that we're in the process of that. I mean, it's hard to overestimate the power of social media in that way. I mean, it has its negative consequences, but in terms of seeing each other, Encore, I mean, good Lord, look at what, how humanity is seeing itself right now in ways that uh, 20 years ago were unthinkable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right on schedule, I hope. <laughs> but you believe. I have faith. Yeah. Yeah. I have faith in that it's going to be something like that. Yeah. Because that would be the continuation of what we've been doing so far, which has been increasing our circle. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and just like every child does, they increase their circle from mom to dad to grandma to aunts and uncles to the town to, you know, that's what we do. And some people stop at the town. They become right. they're, they're old, the whole adulthood yeah. in, in the town. And that's great. And they get to be here and be who they are. And then some people are more national. And then there are people who move to world-centric. And that's um, where they feel like a citizen of the world. They take everybody into account, at least try. You know, it's, again, a practice. And then there's cosmocentric, where not only are you seeing the whole planet, but you're and taking it into account. Uh, the, you, you're seeing the karmas of history and feeling sort of the winds of evolution, its emergence itself, you know, from the Big Bang and actually feeling it in your, you know, you kind of unfurl a new set of sails. Uh, so there you go. That's the the larger circle we have so far. And yeah. then there's people who are like, you know, communicating with the egregores or whatever they call it, the different consciousnesses from the different planets and the aliens. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying it's not it's not my experience. But, you know, there are but people there are bigger circles are that are very possible. smart people who I respect yeah. who are very seriously working on that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, here we are at the cutting edge of the ongoing evolution and accelerating evolution of humanity. And um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I can I put in a little a little pitch here? For your yeah. to your listeners, yeah. If anybody out there has done experiments on these large scale, interest based political approaches, like how to organize people at a town, county, state, national level, I'm really interested in learning about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's um, one person that pops into mind, Ryan Nakati, and I think he's in your neck of the woods, oh, yeah, up in Washington, I believe. But he has done some uh, a session or two with the integral life practice community, so he could be found there, and um, and I know he's doing um, you know work in nonprofit work with going and talking to different groups, particularly rural and urban and that sort of thing, 
I think I do think that there are people doing that. I mean, of course, you put out a call for that. And yeah, if people have any experience with that, contact you at. There's an email in the show notes. There you go. Thanks, folks, for listening. This is Jeff Salzman signing off. See you at the next Daily Evolver.